to listen to my dad Joe and Uncle Justin talk about sports? <laughs> now on with the show. The Joe Mays and j Show is brought to you by Mays Sandwich Shop, which have been serving the greater Westlawn area delicious food for over 70 years. You are listening to the Joe Mays and j Show. Boring. A <clears throat> weekly podcast about sports since 2011. Don't you ever get tired of being wrong all the time. With a focus on football. Second to goal. Pass. Ha! Got it. Touchdown. This guy has had some view. Al, I've got to tell you, in a pressure situation, I don't know if I have ever seen anybody be better than Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup. Wow. What a drive. Fourth and one. Burrow trying to keep it going. Gets spun down. Gets it away. And incomplete. Rams now running down to celebrate with a defensive play. And guess who? Guess who? I mean, you don't even have to think about it. Pointing to the ring finger. When everything was on the line for the Rams, yes, we know it was Aaron Donald. But the Rams were built to win the Super Bowl, and they have sealed the deal. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Justin Raffoff. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Joe Mays and j Raff Show. This is episode 353, and Justin and I are here to talk about a variety of sports topics, pretty much in every one of the major American professional sports. We're going to talk a lot of NFL and free agency, uh, maybe a little bit of an update with the Sixers and the NBA, even a little hockey talk tonight, Justin, with Claude yeah. Giroux and the Flyers. And uh, baseball, for sure. Spring training underway. The Phillies looking good. Signing a couple big names. So Justin and I are going to talk about all of that. We are not trying a new uh, soda this week, Justin. Much to um, our dismay, I'm sure. Yeah, I kind of liked it. That was fun, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a good good one. But we are here this evening to primarily play or continue our dynasty mode in NCAA football 2014. And I'm just... Getting that stuff up here now. Um, well, looks like the camera may not be working. That's that's no good. No good. Let's see if that's see if I can fix that for me and Justin. If not, you're only going to be able to see the game and not us as we play it. But that's okay. Um, oh, you might be there. I don't know. We'll see. You could also be frozen. That's fine. But I'm actually going to be up first playing on offense. So I'm going to uh, turn over the uh, main mic reins to Justin here and get going. So Justin's going to pick the first topic of conversation. Okay, so I get to pick the first topic? Yeah, which at the NFL, I mean, I, I don't have too much to say about NBA, so if you want to do Sixers first, okay, that's fine, um, but uh, really Sixers, doesn't matter. It's not a huge week in the NBA, uh, in part because um, NCAA tournament, they they don't completely skip the scheduling, but they, you know, they know they're up against, if people are going to watch basketball this week, it's usually of the college variety. Um, at some point on Thursday or Friday or Saturday or Sunday. Um, but the Sixers did have a good win the other night against uh, Dallas. Um, it's it's one of those things where 
you know, they, they want to end up in a good spot in, in their, uh, in the Eastern conference. Um, and some of that has to do with how they do. Some of it has to do with how some of the other teams do. Um, some interesting, the things to look at are how in both sides, they're starting to look who's going to be in those playing games or in those, in that playing tournament they kind of have. Um, and yeah, so it's kind of interesting. Um, and, and how that can play out. So one thing to look at there, and this is not the Sixers. The Sixers are not really close to that right now. The Sixers, I believe, are third in the conference. They're sitting right around there. Um, but uh, the the New York Nets, um, because of certain restrictions, um, Co- Kyrie Irving can't play the, at their home games. Right. Um, but he also, <laughs> and this isn't just him, but anyone that's not vaccinated cannot even go to the games in Toronto. Well, I believe right now, like that might be the, a matchup in the one play in tournament would be Toronto and, um, and the nets. Well, that could create an, a, a situation, you know, like, right. Um, for sure. Right now there are plenty of games that need to play themselves out there, but it just something to keep an eye on, you know, not having players available, um, you know, and, and that could happen to other teams too. So it's also a factor for Major League Baseball um, because the Blue Jays are back in Toronto for this full season. Yep. Um, and there are a number of Yankees and I believe some Red Sox that will not be able to go to their games in Toronto. And Toronto is a good team. Yeah, um, they are. So, you know, and, and the thing is, if it's pitchers and stuff too, that can really mess with your rotation. There's all kinds of issues that could present themselves there. So. Those are things those teams have to figure out. I don't really need to spend too much time on that, but it's just an interesting thing to happen as we shift to more normal, like sports schedules, right? You know, um, where there's, I don't want to say less accommodating to those things, but it's more they're kind of finding the leagues are kind of finding their grooves and just saying like, nope, this is how it's going to be, whatever. You know what I mean? One way or another, and they just kind of are going, yeah, figure it out with those. Um, so, but yeah. I mean, the Sixers have been pretty good since they got Harden. A couple hiccups here and there, but um, I mean, they're definitely better off with him than oh my having gosh, yeah. Ben Simmons sit there and not do anything for a while. Right, right, so absolutely. I, they they got to be one of the favorites in, in the East, you yeah, would think. You think about it, the East is really kind of, I want to say stacked, because the West is very good too. And the best teams by record are in the West, but you look at it, the Sixers are contenders. The Bucks are certainly contenders. They won it all last year. Right. The Nets are contenders because they may be the most talented le- team in the league. Um, you know, that's just right there. And then you have the team that's currently the top seed, and that would be the Bull or the Heat. Sorry. Right. The Bulls have a good record, but so the Sixers beat them maybe a week or so ago. Might have been like last weekend ish around then. And I saw a stat that said against the top three teams in each conference, the Bulls are 0 and 14. So oh, they have geez. they are really good against the bad teams. But not but good really the bad, bad teams. against the good teams. Right. So that's a little misleading. Um but you know you have a team like Cleveland which doesn't really have a single star but has a number of good players and right now would uh, I shouldn't say right now. Yesterday when I looked I believe was the matchup with the Sixers um like in that three six matchup. Um, 
So anyway, it, it's just kind of interesting to watch how this how this will play out, and um, yeah, you know, uh, like I'm excited. Hopefully, they can. In they've already talked that they're going to start resting Harden and Embiid to make sure they're well rested for the playoffs, and I'm fine with that. I know it's it becomes a big thing in the NBA of like players taking, but like I don't care because. Once you get to the playoffs, like you need your guys. You need and them fresh this, and ready and to roll. If anything, you saw that last year where Embiid was banged up and it really took a toll on the Sixers, uh, that right. and having a guy who refused to shoot from a foot away from the ba- basket. But, right. Um, you know. We're not still bitter or anything no, like that. No, no. Not at all. So, man, I, would, I know it's not going to happen. I know the Nets are going to ha- make a run, but I would love to see them go out in the play-in games and just be <laughs> out. Oh, my gosh. That would be amazing. But all right, well, it's not gonna, that's not going to happen. But – so that's just something to keep your eye on with the NBA is those seating and then that like seven to ten range of of the playoffs because for uh, playing games. Yeah, well, that's our quick NBA update. Let's stick with basketball and go to March Madness. Okay. Uh, what would do you think was the biggest upset so far in the first? Okay, round so biggest and a upset. Half. Uh, Saint two Peter's. Rounds. Sorry, first two rounds. Saint Peter's. Over Kentucky. And then St. Peter's won again. Again. Yeah, they won so again. This is something we talked about at school this week. So only 10 teams have won as a 15 seed. And now St. Peter's is part of it. it right. And now in, in only three of those have made it to the Sweet 16. And it's happened each of the last two years. Now, I don't know. I can't confirm this. But I saw earlier this week, before the tournament started, that St. Peter's has the smallest... Um, has the smallest budget for any D1 basketball program. Wow. Um, and I kind of hope that's true, not because of anything against them, just because that makes the story even greater. Um, but they were amazing. And uh, that's won, pretty crazy. won both our games. Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, on to the Sweet 16. And their Sweet 16 game is going to be in Philadelphia, where they're in St. Peter's is in Jersey City. So it's only like two hours away. <laughs> so, um, you know, you're going to have lots of the big time crowds there, but I have a feeling the crowd will be pulling for them a little bit too. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, those are fun ones, those upsets. That's what makes that first, at least the first two days exciting is those oh, yeah. mid-majors, small schools, teams that are only there because they miraculously won their you know little tournament to get in, get the automatic qualifying position. But yeah, St. Peter's was a fun one. But there's a bunch of uh, a bunch of teams that went down that you didn't oh, expect. Yeah. Kentucky is the biggest one, but Iowa going down. Yep. Um, what were what were a few? Oh, my dad just said Wisconsin lost, which I didn't realize. So that's a big one. I think a lot of people, a lot of te- guys. We also have some teams that schools. barely made it. Michigan barely made the tournament. Yeah, Iowa State knocks off Wisconsin, fifty-four to forty-nine. Wow. So my dad says he lost his first Final Four team. So. Uh, um, I had one of my brackets for the show. Um, I had Kentucky winning it all. I made two. Ooh, ouch. Um, no, yeah, the other one I had Kansas winning, so still alive, and Kansas looked pretty good. So if they can continue uh, to be successful, that would help that bracket a lot. Yeah, I, I only, te- I have technically I have three under my account in, but only one of them is mine because I always do the right. chalk picks right. every so year. I and did, I did one for Natalie. I did one for Austin, and uh, UConn went out, and that pretty much uh, did him in. UConn losing in the first round was not helpful. To him. Um, so right now in first place is LCD. 
little coach Dom, All Brandon right. Doms. Uh, but his max left is only 990. Okay. Uh, so he already lost either the opponent in the championship or maybe the champion. His It might be out. I'm trying to see who he had. Oops. Um, yeah, he had Baylor against Villain. He had Baylor winning. Ooh. So that that was bad. Um, my uncle Rich, um, still very much alive in second place, and he's got fourteen forty left. Uh, then we got a tie in third place between my daughter Natalie, who is very much alive at fifteen eighty left. Uh, John Rogers also in third, and Jacob Hoffert tied in third place. Um, trying to see where some of the others. It looks like doesn't doesn't Jake get the automatic disqualification for that? <laughs> he uh, should, that shouldn't he? Um, John Christian's in six. I, Isaac Mahler's in six. Um, sorry, if I'm skipping over, your, it's not because I don't like you. It's because I didn't realize that was someone I knew bracket. Because if you don't use your names, I don't know who you are. Um, Jamie and Corinne and John Rogers' second one are in 13th. Um, my, two of Both of my dad's brackets are in 13th with um, my wife, Kelly. Uh, Kyle from the shop, also in 13th. One of Uncle Rich's is in 13th. Um, it's a long time for you or me to pop up here, Justin. Uh, yeah. Um, you're in 23rd. You have 1430 points um, possible left, and I believe I'm down here in the. F- oh, I moved up to 49th yeah, out of 59. Um, so yeah, I'm doing awful. Uh, I do have a lot of points left though. I have 1540. It's just I did really bad in the early rounds. Well, that's the thing. Like if Kansas does well, I can still do really well. well same thing with me, and I did. And t- not take a lot Gonzaga, of people pick so. Kansas to win. No, like, I ended up going all. with Gonzaga. So if Kansas wins it all, I I will be okay. If they don't, I'm in trouble. I mean, relatively trouble. I'm not doing well now, so. So, um, yeah, so March Madness, I'm glad it's back again. You know, we had it last year, but I don't believe there are any fans. So this is the first year back with, I believe, all the arenas are packed. I don't think any of them were, were limiting uh, attendance. So you're you're getting the real experience, something we haven't had since 2019, really. Yeah. Um, the, the full experience. We had a tournament last year, nothing in 2020, obviously. But um, it's good that, that we're back to uh, very close to what the way it was before. Um, and enjoying it. It was fun to, to whip around to coverage or different games, um, both at the shop on Thursday and Friday and then at home. Very enjoyable. Uh, Duke and Michigan State played today. Duke ended up winning that game. So that was one that I'm sure a lot of people watching when you get Izzo versus Krzyzewski. I think that was actually a milestone win for Krzyzewski, too. Didn't he get him 1,200? Yeah. And now which, I think he's one away from having 100 in the tournament. Which, to put that in perspective, that basically means – if somebody were to co- get a head coaching job now at 30 years old, right, they would have to coach until they are 70 and win 30 game, average 30 wins a year to just to catch him. Yeah, think about that. That's like, crazy. That's absurd. That is absurd. So, uh, yeah. So, was, you know, it's always fun. I know a lot of people will tune out after the, these first four days. Is Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday is the biggest because that's when you get the surprises that everyone is excited about. And you get the overlap of games and everything. The bad news is I gave up three points, but the good news is they had first and goal inside the five. And yes. You are able to weather the storm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so thanks to everyone that joined. I know we, um, we, we lumped the shop contest in with the, the bracket pool that we always run just because it was easier for me to keep track of. But we got up to 59 brackets, which I think is probably the second most we've ever had. I think nice. one year we were in the 60s. 
so we had a great turnout this year. And um, for those of you that might be listening live or, or after the fact and that were, weren't sure what you got out of it, uh, you get a chance to uh, call in or visit us to appear on a show, which uh, is always a lot of fun. The topic does have to be approved by Justin and I. Uh, we learned from our mistakes in the past when it comes to that. Uh, you will get a uh, show t-shirt as long as I have the size that you would like to have. It was free to enter. You get bragging rights, all good things. And uh, it's, it's, you know, it's all for fun. And we appreciate everyone that, that, that plays along with us. But, uh, Justin, why don't we quick, before we get to um, the NFL talk, why don't we uh, just talk about Claude Giroux and the Flyers yeah. here Um Drew just on was it Thursday night played in his 1000th career yep. game all yep. with the Philadelphia Flyers in uh, the National Hockey League and uh, promptly was then held out and traded to the Florida Panthers for a meager return for someone that's as prolific as Drew is especially in his time with the Flyers um, nearly 16 years but the writing was on the wall with how poorly the Flyers played this year that they needed to move on and get what they could for him. Um, it's really disappointing the way his career went with Philadelphia, and that has nothing really to do with him. Right, <laughs> it was no, all the, on the, the Flyers or, as an organization. Right, the organization did nothing to support him or get anyone in there. I, I say that. It's not like they didn't try, but they basically swung and missed. <sighs> You've got to be kidding me. A thousand times since they – you know, since he really came up and and started, um, you know, taking the lead, um, I wish the organization could have given more around him. Um, nice, nice, nice. Oh man, he got leveled. Yes, but yeah, it's just it's it's unfortunate they couldn't do more. But um, I mean, they honestly since. But I'm, I, you know what? At this point, I'm happy for him. Because he got, he got it to to go. To hike the ball. That was really disappointing. Talk about clock mismanagement there at the end. It's <laughs> all right. We got him right where we want him. Well. So what happened was I burned a timeout earlier in the first half when I was trying to find a play to go for on fourth down, which worked in my favor because I converted the fourth and scored a touchdown. But I thought I had a third timeout there at the end, and I did not have a third timeout there at the end, um, which didn't allow me to to try to kick a field goal or even get that touchdown. So that was uh, that was my bad. Um, but, yeah, so the Flyers are awful. Uh, Claude Giroux was sent to the Florida Panthers for a future first-round pick. They got a prospect in return, but I didn't realize this until today when I was reading up about it. The Flyers also gave up to guys who like were thought of as high high impact prospects. I don't want high maybe is too much uh, too much of a positive thought about that because um, both Butterman and Rubutsev had fallen out of favor and hadn't matured the way the team had wanted, but they were traded with Giroux to the Panthers. And the Flyers only got back a future first-round pick, um, Owen Tippett, and I think it was a second or third round, and I can't remember. Some of these trades are, are merging with stuff that happened in the NFL uh, right. that I can't remember exactly everything that uh, that came back in return. Yeah, I mean, 
I wish they could have gotten more for him and stuff like that, but I'm happy for Drew to be on a contender. Yeah, well, and I guess he because I was hopeful that he was going to go to the Avalanche because yeah, I like I yeah, always we, like Colorado. We had about that yes, but yes. he had a no movement clause, and I guess the only team he approved was the Panthers. So the Flyers didn't really have a lot of uh, right leverage in this right. situation. Right, they kind of were doing what Drew wanted, so they couldn't hold out for a better or competing offer. But they end up getting a first round pick. The problem is, I think it's at the earliest twenty twenty four. And it could yeah. even be 2025. Oh, and Florida's usually pretty good. So Well, they have been, yeah, recently. So we'll see what happens. Uh, yeah. From what I could tell is I believe Fletcher and the front office are trying to use that future first-round pick as a as a trading chip this summer. To, yes. Because they want to quickly improve. They don't want to go through a rebuilding process that we did, you know, five years ago with Hextall to get these young guys, these draft picks that are supposed to be big-time prospects and may or may not pan out. I mean, that's – arguable um right now what you think of uh Konechny and uh Provorov and and Hart and what they're going to do in the future with this team so uh it's all uh up for debate but the Flyers I mean growing up the Flyers were probably they were the steady team they were the steady team because the Phillies had you know one year in 93 and then basically right. nothing for over a decade the Eagles were decent and the were Eagles got hot be, at the end were of the 90s supposed to be really good this is early 90s supposed to be really good and then Randall hurt his knee early in the season and, and then that was that and yeah and then weren't good until late you know but you, you look at it the Phillies were garbage other than one year in the 90s the Sixers too the Sixers were awful. It took until the 2000s for right. them to be relevant. Right. So the Flyers were the team. Right, and that was with the, the Lindros. That was the Legion of Doom years. You know, That was uh, Lindros, LeClaire, and Renberg, and you cycle in. And, and the biggest thing that always happened with the Flyers was goaltending. You yep. know, um, We didn't, weren't able to do anything with Hextall at the end, and then we cycled through a whole bunch of people at the end of the 90s and early 2000s. But the Flyers were always very good. We saw them make the Stanley Cup. Um, in 97, they were always right on the cusp. I mean, I was at that really uh, depressing one in uh, – geez, what year was that? Now, was that 2002, 1, 2000? No, it was 2000. I think it was 2000 when they were up 3-1 to one on the Devils and no. fought back and got went to a Game 7 in Philly and the Devils scored in the final like two minutes of the third period – uh, that was just so deflating because that team was really good. But, yeah, growing up, Justin, the Flyers were probably the most consistently strong team. Again, they didn't get yeah. us the cup, but they were the team that you always were like, well, I'm glad it's hockey season because you know the Flyers are going to be good. Whereas Phillies and for you, the Eagles and the Sixers, you never knew what you were going to get. No. So good, good luck to Drew. I wish him the best. If he wins a cup this year, that'd be awesome. I would would love to have him come back. Yeah, to I was kind of thinking. I'm like the teams I'm kind of pulling for now. I still kind of like the Avalanche, and my sister's out there, so like that would be kind of cool. But I kind of want the Panthers to win. Lo- would love for Drew. Although, like, it would be a little bit of how many of those big time guys have we seen from the Flyers move on and get it somewhere else? You know, like I know with Drew's situation, situation, it's a little different. Because uh, he was around a long time, but like those guys that got it with the Kings and those, you know, like we've just seen it over and over again. Yeah, we saw it happen with Carter and Richards, which is like, oh, that's that's a tough one to swallow because they were the guys that helped lead the team to that surprise birth in the Stanley Cup and after the 2010 
2010 season. Was that 0-9-10, I think, the, I think the so. spring of 2010, where they only made the playoffs by because of a shootout on the last game of the year against the Rangers, propelled them to the seventh seed. Those teams were either – it was win and in and lose and go home. And the Flyers were able to win that on, and some Drew had a big hand in that. He scored one of the shootout goals to send the Flyers to the playoffs. And then that was the year that they upset the Devils in the first round. Then they came back from a 3-0 deficit against the Bruins in the second round. And then the Eastern Conference Finals, they took care of business against the Canadians before falling short to the Blackhawks in six games. But that was the begin that thing of that was the beginning of Drew's career. He's been here for over a decade since that appearance. And in the years since, you know, we're talking, what, 12 years since that happened? I think the Flyers have won, like, three playoff rounds in those 12 years. Oh, so, Less yeah, it's been, it's been rough. It hasn't been great uh, as a Flyers fan. It was something that we're not used to. Uh, the Flyers, like we had said, were usually the team of uh, that you could rely on, and that has not been the case over the last decade, which is really, really disappointing. But... Um, let's shift gears and go baseball. Spring training's uh, started, and there was a game on. I watched the game uh, the Phillies played yesterday and, and lost. And uh, pick six, baby. The team obviously is uh, just getting their uh, their feet under them, ready to go. They don't even have the two big guys that were just signed this week. Although one did show up today. Yep. Uh, yep. So the Phillies signed Kyle Schwarber and Nick Castellanos right. to um, multi-year deals, which suddenly makes the Phillies, at least offensively, look pretty good. A lot of their big guys are under contract at least through 2025 now. So if they're going to do anything, now's the time. First time ever the Phillies have gone over the luxury tax. I saw a thing that joked. I said, Phillies misunderstood the rule of universal DH to mean they have to get all the DHs. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good to me. But it, um, but in all seriousness, somebody something was like, and it named like three players that the Phillies each had DH multiple games last year, and they didn't mean it like in a good way. They're just like, right. If you have to have these guys DH now, to be fair, in the NL, you're not really building your roster like that. But um, so now to see that they've got lots of lots of bats in the lineup, and I think that's only going to help the bats that were there. That's only going to help guys like Hoskins. You know, because right. there were times where Hoskins or Real Muto were the only protection for Harper uh, that that Harper had. Whereas now, there's, there's plenty of multiple guys, yeah. right? So the Phillies are set up offensively to be um, powerful, but unconventional because they don't really have a leadoff guy. They could end right. up being Schwarber, which would be interesting, but doable. Yeah. Um, then you have uh, – well, so let's go through. So in, in no particular order, just going around the bases. Romuto is your catcher. Good. Yep. Hoskins is your first baseman. Nice. Yep. Um, second base, most likely Segura, right? Yeah. And shortstop DD, unless Bryson Stott, the, well, the uh, yes. prospect, beats him and, out. And um, not that he's going to be the guy, but they, they signed Ronald Torres to a minor league deal today. Oh, did they? I missed yes. that. Uh, like uh, minor league deal. So I don't uh, like. There's no guarantee that he's even going to make the roster, but like he he's a guy that they could throw in at a number of different places, which right. would be nice. Um, third base is Alec Boom. 
Bomb. Yeah. Uh, how do you say it? I boom. say boom. Yeah, boom, bomb, boom. Um, one of those. Uh, he needs a back, back bounce back year. He had a, a nice yeah. rookie season, rookie campaign in 2020, but he did not right. look good at all last no, year. in the field or at the plate, and so that's a problem. he needs to bounce back at least one of those ways. Right. Then outfield-wise, you're talking about Harper and... <laughs> And oh, Dubal Herrera or Matt Verlin. I just Verling. got a message asking me about softball. Uh, <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. From who? Uh, Chris. Yeah, you got to do it. You got to do it. It was you playing or what? Um. So Harper's in right. Oh, Dubal or Verlings in center, and then oh. left will be most Sorry, likely. I didn't realize they went for it. either uh, Schwarber or Castellanos. Right. I don't. Do you think they'll play Castellanos at third at all? In any scenario? I don't. Uh, I shouldn't say absolutely not. Because to be honest, if if Bohm's not better defensively, I don't know that it really matters. Like, <clears throat> and that's where people, oh, we got these guys. They aren't great defenders. Yeah, but they're taking over for guys who weren't great defenders. Right. Like, I, I don't. I hated to see McCutcheon go, but like. He was it wasn't a liability. A, right. It wasn't a great fit at, at this point. Um but I, I love McCutcheon. I, I really love McCutcheon. Oh, yeah, McCutcheon. absolutely. He's one He's of the good guys. Guy. Yep. If, if I'm there and they're playing, I think he went to the Brewers. If they're playing the Brewers. Oh, people would cheer for him. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Like, but it was time to move on. Like He, he didn't really feel a, a need for them right anymore. <clears throat> um, so, And it's a shame because before he hurt his knee, he was such a, he was such a key part of that team. And when he tore his ACL – on that road trip, that was the beginning of the end for the team that year. You're, you're right; it um, absolutely was. But yeah, I'm I'm excited that they went out and they they did it, and they're making moves. They're being aggressive. Uh, Wheeler, who you know, it was everybody's like, oh man, because he had uh, shoulder fatigue or whatever. Yeah, that's <laughs> back nice. in December. What you want to hear from your ace? They got good news from him today, and he's like, well, and then he was sick, right? <laughs> right, right. So, but they got good news from him today, and I think he's there now at spring training, possibly. So like, <clears throat> it's one of those things where, look, you, there's no there's no hiding it. They're gonna be about offense, and you can build defense. You know, hopefully uh, enough and pitching. As for some of the other things, I know they were in for uh, what well, I forget his name, but he went to the Braves, the the A's first baseman. Oh, um, oh, yeah. What the was it, Matt well, something? Yeah, it was Matt something. But, like, the problem is you had to trade for him, and the Braves gave up a ton for him. Yeah. And then um, they said goodbye to Freddie Freeman. To, like, Freddie Freeman, who was, like, their guy. Oh, and the World Series, like, MVP. Like he, They drafted him, and he's been there yes, for how long? Yes. And now and they just wave bye-bye right, after winning the World Series. Right. Like, Man, I hope that blows up in their face. Yeah, um, now the Dodgers have him. Great. Yeah, but here's the thing. What's it even matter? The Dodgers add another great player. Shocking. Like, but. Well, so with the Phillies adding Schwarber and Castellanos, they have an interesting like rotation that they're going to do between Harper, Schwarber, Castellanos, and Hoskins between first, right field, left field, and DH. But it's nice that... Hoskins, Harper, and even Real Muto at times yes. can fill the DH yes. role and get yes. them off the field, especially right, exactly. Real Muto, who is one of the best defensive catchers, but he needs a break. Right. And and I love I I really like the fact that pitchers had to hit. Like I, I like that. I like that it it made the game more challenging to manage. You know, like do I leave the pitcher when, in? When do you do take, I take him out? Do I let him hit? Do I I like that. 
But I also like the fact that my team that I root for is now going to get an actual hitter up again. Right. You know, like, so I understand that. Um, so I'm, um, I, I, you know, the biggest thing, I mean, the, I know everyone's harping on the bullpen and I get it. The Phillies bullpen has been pretty awful for the most of the last five years at a minimum, maybe 10 years. But a lot of those guys are always on short-term deals. You're rotating right. new bodies right. in. And at some point, you have to go back to at least the mean. And if the Phillies just get an average bullpen, they win like three to five more games at a minimum. Right. At a minimum. Right. So even if the well, Phillies defense is really bad, expand- it hasn't been have- great anyways. And they have expanded playoffs. And, like, I know people are like, oh, my gosh, so many teams are making the playoffs. I don't care. Like, let's just. Was it 12? It's not even half. Right. Right. The NBA has more than half. Right. Oops, what am I doing? Just kick the extra point. Um, so I, I know the, wheel, the Wheeler thing was an issue or was possibly an issue. But now that's changed and he's back and hopefully he can um, work his way back into the lineup, uh, be full to go by sometime in May. Uh, I think they'll probably pitch him in April. It just might be like shorter outings to start. As he works his way back, and that's fine. The bigger thing, besides the relief pitchers just becoming not abysmal, is Nola needs a better year. Nola was off last year. Yeah, yeah. Don't get me started. So Aaron Nola needs a bounce back year. Wheeler doesn't have to replicate what he did last year. I mean, if he wants to, I'm okay with that because he was the NL Cy Young runner up, right? And should have been the NL Cy Young, and easily could have been the NL Cy Young award winner. But if Nola gets better. And the relievers are just close to average. And Nola doesn't average. have to be great. He just needs to be better than he was last yeah. year. Yeah. And the relievers are average. And now right. you have a better offensive lineup. And I'd say your defense is, I'd say at, at worst, or at, I mean, maybe a push at best, but not much worse than it was last year. Right. This team should win five to ten more games. And how many did they win last year? I think, were they 500? Or it was right more? around 500. Right. So if you win five to ten more, you're probably making the playoffs. So I'm all I'm all for that. I always wanted the Phillies to spend more money. I'm glad that Middleton and the ownership group have signed off on it. Dombrowski, I think, is doing a great job at least convincing them to do some of these things. I know they have a poor farm system in terms of Which the guys coming up. Which is why it was up. important that they didn't trade for the guys from the A's. Right. Because you can't trade the few guys that you have. You need to start building that farm system. When they were good, it was because they had a good farm system. And then they basically, like supplemented that you know what i mean like and i know it wasn't ideal to give up a second round pick to the reds for castellano since they had given him a qualifying offer but the phillies haven't been able to draft and develop talent anyways and we need castellanos now uh, on a side note they changed like their their whole thing there they got new guys for For player development for like the third or fourth time since 2012 right you know they just nothing's been working so I, I know people rip on Ed Wade before, and they, I know I, he, but he helped build the team that won the World Series. But then all the stuff with Ruben Amaro there after um, Gillick left, you know, things went downhill quickly with Raj, and then Klentak just never could get out of his own way, or, or just bought in too much to the one side of things. Um, I, I'm I'm hopeful. Uh, do I think this team is destined to make the World Series? No. But do I think they're going to compete for a playoff spot? Yes. And we haven't been there since 2011. 2011. Yeah, it's time. It's time, time to get back. So I'm glad that the, uh, the Phillies jumped 
at the opportunity and I'm excited for baseball. I'm glad the lockout ended and now yes. I'm glad that uh, the Phillies are at least becoming relevant because of the moves they're making. Hopefully they can match it on the field. All right, Justin and I just won that game against Southern Miss, who was uh, winless. Uh, so we're now improving to what well, we improved to five and zero. We're ranked fourth. Uh, Justin's going to advance the week, and we're going to play game six here. Um, maybe we'll move out from our number four rank, but I mean anything in the top five is good. Um, we'll play game six, and we'll talk about the NFL now. Justin, again, a lot happening in NFL free agency. But clearly the most important thing to happen since our last show was our man Chad Henney re-signing with the Kansas City Chiefs. The Wilson grad at Michigan man is back with uh, one of the perennial AFC favorite Kansas City Chiefs for now the fifth season. They'll be trying to make the AFC Championship game for the fifth straight time, which would be Chad's sixth straight trip to the AFC Championship game should the Chiefs pull it off this year. Uh, he signed a one-year, $2 million deal. I guess, you know, we've been saying this, I feel like since... What's the record? Of how many in a row? Yeah. I think this past year he tied with two two or three other quarterbacks who played in, um, or whose teams played in five straight I want to say, yeah, I think it was three others because um, Ross Tucker, you know, Harvard grad Ross Tucker. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Sorry, that was a joke. I was really Rossing. pulling for one of the Princeton guys last night. I was ready to tweet at him <laughs> last night. Um, yeah, so no, Princeton, I know that. I, w- I was joking. Uh, I actually, Ross actually responded to me when I told him what my, my slip up last week. Um, I love that he that said I, that was his back. That was his safety school. Yeah, Harvard was his safety school. No, Princeton grad Ross Tucker. Um, and. He he tweeted out about how amazing that is that someone from his hometown is playing in his fifth consecutive AFC Championship game, and there are only three other. Oh, I, I should clarify: three other quarterbacks. Yes, uh, positional players. I, I can't. We dropped I, a spot yeah. to number five. Are you serious? Yes. Well, we played a team that was winless, um, but we're playing um, Middle Tennessee State now, who's two and four. So, um, yeah. So Chad Henney joined a group of three others, three other players, three other quarterbacks who had played in five consecutive AFC championship games. And now, of course, off the top of my head, I can't remember who they were. Uh, But you have to go to teams that were good for that long. And it was the players from like the Bills in the 90s and the Raiders in like the 70s, I want to say. So six would put him probably in rare company. I would think so. If the Chiefs are able to get back there and he play in six straight AFC championship games, he has to be one of the only few. I mean – he might be the only quarterback in NFL history to be on a team to play in the AFC Championship six straight years. I think about that. That's it's crazy. pretty crazy. And I know every year, if you follow on Twitter, every time that he gets resigned, some of the, the comments in there are just absurd. Like people, well, the funny ones are that they didn't, you know, didn't real chat realize Chad was still in the league and everything. Um, but we certainly always remember that Chad's in the league. But it feels like his entire tenure in Kansas City, everyone was always like, oh, this is probably his last year. And he right. just keeps beating the odds and keeps going back. And, right. Uh, I'm, I'm glad he's back in Kansas City because they're one of the uh, better teams in the AFC. Though the divisional opponents are making it tough on the Chiefs to repeat. Uh, we saw this week, Justin, Devontae Adams was traded from yes. the Packers to the Raiders. And... He turned down more money from the Packers. Um, they and now to be fair, they the both sides kind of said like he made it very clear to them from the beginning like he was ready to be done there. You know he 
he wanted to play, <clears throat> and it may seem random, but Derek Carr was his quarterback in college. Right. They are re- really close. They are very good friends. Um, he'll save probably a few hundred thousand dollars by, or maybe millions, I don't know, uh, by playing in Las Vegas where there's no state income tax. Um, Just don't you know, pull Calvin Ridley. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Don't do that. Um, I feel like, well, I feel like by the way he, he worked things out, um, you know, he he's kind of ahead of the game there already. Um, but, yeah, like, man, that AFC West. Whew. Well, I mean, that's absolutely incredible, the yeah. transformation and it's those not, teams We have haven't made. even had the draft yet. Now, to be fair, some of those teams aren't going to be, like, like the Raiders don't have a whole lot. And that's where, is that where the draft is this year I th- again, I think? Oh, you know what? I'm not even sure. I think the draft is in Vegas. Maybe it's not. I, I don't remember. Yeah, you know what? I don't know. I haven't um, started looking about the location. I know Justin and I will be doing a first-round live stream that Thursday night, though. Yeah. So, but they don't have, you know, those top picks now. Um, but, hey, they went and got in. I know that sounds crazy, but look what they did this year. And I know they they did not have well, a premium Well, they were 9-8, and eight, right? Right. They didn't have a premium They receiver. had Darren Waller. That was their that was their guy, right? Hunter Renfro, you right. know. Um, so adding him to that offense with Josh Jacobs, yeah, uh, and Waller and right, you know, and, and Waller was injured too, right? You know, Waller right. didn't even play in like right. six games. And Jacobs was banged up down the stretch, and yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um, I'll, uh, yeah, just Raiders going for it. And the Broncos going for it. We talked about the Russell yeah. Wilson trade last week. The Chiefs yeah. and Chargers. I mean, the Chiefs, I don't think, have done a lot. They did bring in Juju this week yeah. Yeah. to help uh, to help out in their receiving core. And obviously, we signed Chad. Huge. Yeah. The Chargers, though, uh, you know, they had Khalil Mack. We talked about that, I believe, last week. Yeah, wow. And, uh, like, they're just uh, – th- th- those four teams, they could all make the playoffs. Now, they would have to take care of business outside of the division. Right. Because if they're beating up each other, it's, it's going to be tough. But they have to w- basically win their AFC non-division games to, for all of them to make it. Uh, it it's going to be interesting, Justin, when we discuss our predictions, which is only like six weeks away. If you can believe that, six, seven weeks away, we'll start our NFL preview. But the AFC West is... Is a, it's amazing. I mean, just yeah. the talent that they've accrued just in this offseason with teams that were, you know, very close to being good last year. Uh, the Raiders made the playoffs. The Chiefs obviously made the playoffs. Broncos, we could tell, were, you know, an offense away from being a threat. And now they got Russell Wilson and developing young talent at receiver. And the Chargers were a botched timeout from being <laughs> Right, against, against, but it would have knocked the Raiders out. So No, they both would have been in. Oh, that's right, because of the uh, Yeah, they the would have tied. They, they both would have been in. Steelers right. would have been out. Yep. So it is it, it, very interesting, very interesting uh, all around. So we'll see um, what comes of it. But the Devontae Adams thing, to go back a little bit, I just can't think of, like, what does that say more about Aaron Rodgers? Like, I I, people are probably tired of it, especially Green Bay fans. But, I mean, it, I feel like it says a lot. Yeah, that he doesn't want to be there anymore. Oh shoot! <sighs> um, yeah, like, and he turned down more money to play with Rod. Like, 
I mean, and it's not really up for bait that Aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback than Derek Carr in every facet. Right. And Devontae Adams was like, you know what? No, I'm I'm done here. Oh, and you're playing in a weaker division. Like, right, yeah. I mean, the Packers' competition is what? Kirk Cousins, Justin Fields, maybe Jared Goff, if that's where the route they right. go. Or you go to Las Vegas to play with your uh, college quarterback, but you have to go through Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and Russell Wilson. So there's there's had to be more going on there behind the scenes, but I feel like, by and oh, large, gosh. a lot of people – leading up to all this offseason stuff made it seem like Rodgers and Adams were close. Right. But maybe that wasn't the case, or maybe the way the Rodgers stuff went down with the contract was upsetting. Uh, I, I don't know. Or maybe it was just that he's that close with Derek Carr, whatever it is. But it's not ideal. It's not great. Now the Packers have one less weapon. But he, with Aaron Rodgers, they're still the team to beat, I would think, in that right. division. Uh, unless Justin Fields has a huge change in year two as a as a as an NFL quarterback and under a new coaching staff, a new offense. But, yeah. Or, and hear me out on this, maybe Justin Fields, and this may come back to bite me, maybe Justin Fields is like every other Ohio State quarterback. Well, I mean, that entire draft class looks poor. Like Now, I know, one year with the quarterbacks, right. and I'm I'm always someone that says you need to give them multiple years. Right. And I'm... I, I'm I don't want to say I'm defending Tua, but I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt because I think you need three years. Right. So, yes, I need to see something from Tua this year for sure. But we also need to see something from Trey Lance, Mac Jones. Well, Mac Jones did enough, I guess, last year. But Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, and Trevor Lawrence, you know, the number one overall pick who looked awful most of last year. Right. If they want to live up to the Burrow Herbert hype, someone there needs to step up. Mac Jones needs to take a, a step up, and then someone else needs to join him. And then, man, the, it doesn't look like a great year for quarterbacks this year either, uh, unless you're big on Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett. Which I think I think Malik Willis is a very interesting guy, but I view him more of like the Trey Lance. I don't know that he's going to be the guy to come in and play right away. <clears throat> right, no, which I'm, anymore I'm is just—it's hard to do. Like teams don't want to invest a first-round pick in a guy and not throw him out there right away. You know. Um, so we haven't touched on this at all because we focus on the AFC West stuff. But Deshaun Watson's on the move. Yes, he is. He got traded from the Texans to the Browns for three first-round picks, a few other later-round picks, which I thought had originally were reported as seconds, but that's not the case. No, um, I forget what they were. Do you remember what they were off the top of your head, Justin? I think it was thirds. Was it thirds or yeah. third and a fourth or something like that? It might be like a that. third and a fourth, but um, the fourth, they're also giving up a fifth or fifth, something yeah, like they're that. Giving so, up a like, fifth. that's kind of like a swap, you know, like at that point. Um, so, uh, Jarvis Landry also released there after they signed Amari Cooper. So, they're going through an offensive change. Baker Mayfield had said before uh, Deshaun Watson came to town that he wanted to be let go or traded. Brown said no, and then they got Watson, and I'm assuming they're going to get rid of him because why would you right. want to have him on the roster? Yeah. There's no point. They already jettisoned their backup quarterback and brought in a new backup quarterback. Right. So, Mayfield's got to be gone. I don't yeah. – like, your options are what? Indianapolis, I mean Houston, but if they were going to trade him to Houston, you think they would have done that in the Deshaun Watson trade, right? 
Which, why didn't they? I mean, I guess it comes down to money or something. I, I don't maybe know Houston exactly. Maybe Houston didn't want him. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. I'm serious. Uh, if you're Houston, do you want Baker? Do you want, uh, who was the guy you Davis had Mills. Or? Davis Mills. Like, what uh, is, what? Uh, I mean, I get, you know, somewhere like Atlanta could be an option if they also are trading Matt Ryan to Seattle. You know, there were, yeah. there was words that there was word that that could be happening. Um, Garoppolo still out there, possibly for the Colts, because uh, the Colts are going to do something, right? They're not going to just sit there. No idea, man. So we're playing quarterback musical chairs once again. I feel like it's happening more and more regularly, which is crazy because it's not something that you're generally used right. to seeing. Right. Um, Remember, there used to be almost no big time trades in the NFL. Yeah, I feel like, like over the last the, five, six years, that's right, changed. Right. The trades involve draft picks. Yeah. Like you would trade on draft night was, but now there's. Oh, I guess the Saints are an option, but they yeah. could be going back to Jameis Winston now. Right. So it's really Saints, Colts, Seahawks that are are looking for a guy, right. and maybe, maybe the Falcons if they get rid of right. Matt Ryan. If they get rid of Matt Ryan, then they could be looking for someone. Um, the Lions, possible? Are you kidding me? I think that's that same guy as last time. Guy. And you stop calling that play. <laughs> this is just not not good tonight. Not good tonight. I just can't trust myself with a rookie quarter or a rookie, a freshman quarterback, I guess. I don't know. No good. No good whatsoever. Rough, rough go of it for me, uh for me here against Middle Tennessee State. I guess that's why they dropped us from four to five. Uh so we, I, I mentioned the Browns changing backup quarterbacks. They brought in Jacoby Brissett, who left Miami because they signed Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, he left Denver after as a free agent, but Russell Wilson's there now, and they traded Drew Locke. So um, Denver's in the quarterback change. Case Keenum left the Browns to go to Buffalo, which I think was a great get by Buffalo. Yes. You don't want Keenum as your starter, but he's a great backup. And with the way Josh Allen plays, you never know if he'll get dinged. Buffalo also brought in Von Miller. Yeah. Adding him to a defense that was already very good. So as a Dolphins anything, fan, I'm not happy a about that. Of that pass rush, like Yeah, I mean, I know they were good on the pass rush, but you can never have too many guys at that, like yeah, they're they're in a good spot. I mean, the Bills were a preseason favorite to be one of the best teams in the league this year, and they ended up being just that, just seconds away from beating Kansas City to go to the AFC Championship game for a second straight year. You know, because they lost. Do their... you want me to call timeout here, force them to punt? Yeah. Um, so I don't like Buffalo getting better. Um, I'm always hopeful that Buffalo gets worse. Yeah, but. Um... Uh, I don't know if you saw. Yeah, I think it went to our group chat, but apparently Miami is bringing in Saints offensive tackle Teron Armstead for yeah, a visit, that, that's which a is good one. a guy that I've wanted Miami to get now. Well, um, what was it, the the tackle the Cowboys just let go? Lyle Collins went to Cincinnati. Yeah, which helps. Huge. Yeah, helps them a lot. And uh, Miami brought in Connor Williams from the Cowboys. So they're working on their offensive line, which is huge. Uh, they brought in a couple of running backs, Chase Edmond and Raheem Mostart, yep. uh, to go with uh, Salvin Ahmed and Miles Gaskin. They could also draft a guy, and then one of those guys would be shown the door, probably Ahmed. But Miami's trying to add talent around Tua, and this is this is Tua's last chance because under with a new um, new coaching staff and more offensive weapons, you know, second year of Jalen Waddle as well. 
there won't be any more excuses. So no. this is a make or break a year for Tua. I'm glad it's this year because I'm not excited about any of the uh, any of the uh, the draft quarterback. Oh, you! <laughs> wow. So you wouldn't just you bad. wouldn't be happy just if, if they went off off uh, script and drafted um, Kenny Pickett. No, that won't be killer. Um, I only don't like Kenny Pickett because he's from Pitt. No, like I, if he went anywhere else, I wouldn't care. But the Pitt stuff, I just can't. So, no, I, Miami doesn't pick until 29th, I think. That's where the 49ers pick is because they traded their own pick to the Eagles, which looks so stupid right now. Uh, I, honestly, it didn't look great last year. They wouldn't have gotten Waddle if they didn't make the trade. So, right, And right. Waddle was – I mean, he wasn't Jamar Chase, but he had an incredible year. He set a rookie record for receptions. I'm very happy with Jalen Waddle. I'm glad that's who they got. They they need help though. Will they trade back and get more picks, or maybe even get a first round pick next year, or will they trade up for someone? I don't know. It probably depends on how the rest of free agency goes. If they get Armstead, they can probably just sit there and see what happens. Maybe a quarterback needy team that passed on a quarterback in the first round, early first, and they're sitting there in the early second, and we want to move up to grab someone. Miami could uh, get a first round pick in twenty twenty three from them. So there's a lot of options, and um, we'll talk more about the draft as it gets closer. Again, that's I think it's April April 27th, I want to say, 27th or 28th, whatever that last Thursday in April is. Justin and I will have a, a live show like we did last year and I think it's 28th. broadcast the entire first round, which was a lot of fun. Uh, we, and we won't have the COVID protocols in place like, like last year where uh, – we had masks on and we're sitting farther away from each other. It's nice to not have to be doing that anymore. Yes. Yes. But uh, we're struggling here against MTSU. Uh, we're 0-0 at the end of the second. There's uh, five seconds to go. Oh, and gosh. they're tossing it up there. Oh, my. I thought you were going to deflect it into his hands. I thought that's what was going to happen. So two seconds to go before half. But we're in a battle with Middle Tennessee State. So what else happened in the NFL free agency this week? What other big – I mean, we mentioned Lyle Collins going from the Cowboys to the Bengals. Great, great job by the Bengals. I think this is their third offensive lineman that they've brought in to help solidify yeah. that spot, which was their undoing um, in the playoffs, especially right. in the Super Bowl. Who else Who else moved or what other rumors were out there? Oh, Eagles released and brought back Fletcher Cox? <laughs> yeah, because they were going to have to pay him $18 million the other day on Thursday. So they uh, they so, already signed him back for on a one-year deal. Um, I mean, he's one of those guys that I believe I had him on my Eagles Rushmore just because yeah, of his, so, how dominant he was for how long, and he was a member of the Super Bowl team. Right, I was going to say maybe the best player. Like, if, if you look all around, maybe not like the flashes, but like maybe the best player on the Super Bowl team. Like – you know right. what I mean? Like depending how you classify. Right, it's hard it's so hard in in football to do that, but I mean he was just so good. And he is still really good. He's not the guy he used to be. No, oh, he, but he, they who they who they bring in? Um they got the guy Hassan um Oh, Hassan Riddick. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, the Panthers let him go yes. after a year, which was yes. shocking because of he was like what do you have like the fifth most sacks or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, he bet, bet on himself after he left the Cardinals after his rookie deal, I think. Or did they release him? I think they released him. So the Cardinals he, got rid of him. He's it, from cool, just he's from Camden, right? He's from the area. Played at Temple. Temple. Uh, he was a walk on, and then w- earns his way to a first round pick. 
looked like a bust early on in Carolina. Yeah, got it together. But got it together and has done really well, but they they got rid of him. Um, and to the Eagles, and, and he it's where he wanted to be too, which is always – you love when you get guys where – they're they in a want situ- to be situation there. where they want to be there, yeah. Because the Eagles' pass rush last year was non-existent. Um, How about a flag? Late hit. Yeah, I would have taken it. Um, we don't. Not a lot of flags in know, our games. That's huh? okay. That's okay. That though. is okay. So, but yeah, NFL is hitting that, that point where, um, you know. Getting ready for the draft. Still can't believe anything you hear. You know, it'll be interesting Come because on. the quarterback, it's not a quarterback dominant thing this right. year. But I feel like even the years where you say that, there's no. still like three quarterbacks I was in the top say, 10 picks. I was going to say, I what's your over-under on quarterbacks taken in the first round this year? Well, so who are the guys? So it's Malik Willis, Sam Howell, Kenny Pickett. Isn't there like five of them? There are five usually. I think I think there will be three in the first round. Who who am who am I forgetting? I don't know. I'm trying to run Which through. Tells the, us everything the, we need to know. Right? We can't. I can't even are. think of all five of them off the top of my head. But yeah, I I think they'll still end up with a few going because teams can't help themselves, man. <laughs> like no, I know they think we'll be the ones that can make him yeah. achieve his maximum potential. Right. Right. Um. I say that as an Eagles fan, and what Eagles right. have three first round picks. Quarterback right now, factory. So. What if the Eagles take three first, take three quarterbacks in the first round? Oh my Will, Willis and Pickett. That's what oh they're doing. Hey, how he how he already got his extension. I was so. going to say you got your boy got his extension, so oh you should gosh. be happy, right? Should be happy. Oh man, seventy one yards rushing and no touchdowns yet. <laughs> so yeah, we'll see. Any other NFL talk? Well, that's what I'm trying to think. What else did we, did we miss from the NFL? And I don't know if we did. I'm sure we probably are missing something that happened. But we mentioned Von Miller, Devontae Adams, um, the rumor surrounding Matt Ryan, Baker Mayfield. We went over to Sean Watson. Um, I guess that's it. Let's talk some Penn State wrestling. Oh, I'm, I, I'm ready for it. All right, you can go ahead. All right, so Penn State won their ninth team title. In the last 11 years, 11 contested years. Right. 12 years, but there were yes. only 11 times right. it was. Right. Uh, so out of the last 11 championships, they've won nine. Yep. Which is absolutely absurd. Um, here, there was a number. I think it's in since 2016, I think. Or maybe it's since 2011. No, it's since 2011, I think. Penn State's. Semi-finalists have gone 45 and 5. That is absurd. Think about that. That's essentially having a final four record or final four win percentage of 90%. 90%. Like, it's absolutely absurd. Oh, and their last nine guys, they they had four guys in the finals last year, went 4-0. They had five guys in the final this year, went 5-0. Yeah, so they're nine and zero. What was the tweet I sent you today? That the last time Penn State had a wrestler yes. lose in the finals, American was Energy Independence. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's it's all in fun. It's a laugh. It, you know, we laugh or we'll cry. But um, yeah, Penn State's nine and zero in the finals over the last two years. Last year was awesome. Like 
Winning is obviously right. the ultimate goal. It, it it's was, amazing. But right. last year, Penn State was not supposed to be that good. Right. Well, and, relatively right. speaking. And they like, didn't win the team title because Iowa had their their team that they've that they had been waiting for. But everyone not not everyone. Many Iowa fans were very disappointed and like kind of had like a bitter taste in their mouth because even though they won the team title, they lost a bunch of the head heads. I think um I think Spencer Lee won his title, but I don't know that any other Iowa guy won a, a, an individual title and they had two guys lose to Penn State guys in sudden victory. So like and Penn State went 4-0 in the individual title. So, like, wrestling is crazy because – and if you have a chance, watch the Kale Sanderson post-match interview yesterday, a press conference, and he talks about that. Like, it's a – it's the ultimate individual sport. But he said that's what makes the NCAA tournament so amazing. And he tells the team every year, this is the most fun event you'll ever wrestle in because he's like, there's the team aspect to it. He's like, it's not the most prestigious in wrestling. Like, there is – there is the Olympics. There's the World Championships. Like those are more prestigious, but they they're different. And he's like, um, you know, so it's just it was really cool to see those guys be successful. Um, and man, it was just it was a lot of fun. It, it, was, it was awesome. A lot of fun to watch. So J- Justin have, and if anyone that's watching listening has been with us for years, you understand that Justin talked about Kale Sanderson and Penn State wrestling. Very rarely, usually in March, in most of the years that we did this. But I didn't really buy in and get to to really follow along until it was the spring of 2017, I think. And I watched every session while I was working and printing my labels. Because of ESPN3, you could watch each mat. Which, that's one thing for... For wrestling in general, ESPN's willingness, and we don't thank ESPN much, but their no. ability to broadcast right. every mat, every session, yeah, even if it is on the web and through the ESPN3 right. stuff, that has opened it up for so many people like me. Like Before, you had to follow which, along with which text is, updates which is and the stuff intent. like that. That's the, that. that's the goal, right? Like when, when you get a big broadcast partner, they're like, we need to grow this, right? And and that's, well, now the national championship sold out every year right. and sells out almost immediately for the next year. They had now combined six sessions, but over 110,000 people for wrestling, you know, um, it was just absolutely absurd. That should have been a fumble. And Justin and I are already re- aware that Philadelphia will be hosting the finals in 2025, yes. which means yes. two years from now, Justin will be buying tickets for it. Uh, we absolutely. missed out when it went to Pittsburgh. We wanted to go that year, which I think was 2018. Yes. Uh, we wanted to do that, but by the time we figured out that we wanted to do it, the tickets were all gone because uh, you have to buy them like a year in advance. Yeah, you have to buy them basically right around the time of NCAAs this year. So we're gonna. That's our goal two years from now. I mean, Justin and I are going to Army Navy this year, uh, which will be a lot of fun. That's something we're gonna check off our list. We would like to go um, to the Pro Football Hall of Fame at some point. I'm hoping that that overlaps with Zach Thomas. We'll see. Um, but Justin and I would like to go there for the Hall of Fame game and visit the. Uh, the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame. And there's obviously a lot of other stuff Justin and I would like to do in sports, but those are just a few we've talked about. And going to the wrestling championships is one of them. I just hope when we're there in Philadelphia, it's a year that Penn State is stacked. So not not to like get way too ahead of ourselves, but to get way too far ahead of ourselves. Um, that became that became hey, a flag. K- Kale's ninth <laughs> team national championship as the, as the coach. 
for the record, he also has four individual titles because he never lost. He's one of only like four or five people that yes. have four individual yes. titles. Um, and so he has nine team titles and four individual titles from his time at Iowa State. And then he also um, – Did he win some with Iowa State? I don't know if he won a team title while he was at Iowa State. I, I don't know. Um, you get a couple guys to the finals, you, you can be right there. Um, but it was just – it's absolutely amazing. That puts him third all time. Um, the next guy would have 11. Right, the next guy on the list has eleven. If they were to win each of the next two years, yes, that he could go for twelve. But we would see. It. Now, that's that would be absurd. That would be four in a row. You know that that would be. They've only done that twice before. Right, right. Like <laughs> in his tenure. Oh my gosh, it, um, it's just un, unreal what he has yeah. built. So, Cale Sanderson has an Olympic gold medal. He has a World Cup gold. He has a World Championship gold. He has four individual titles, 99 through 02, um, with Iowa State. Then he also um, has four Big 12 championships as his time at Iowa State. Um, I'm trying to look it up here. I thought they would give me the team stuff with him, but they're not. So the 99 through 2002 team titles? Yeah, that's what I was looking okay. to see. He I, also was he also was undefeated in college, right? Yeah, he, never lost. He I think one hundred sixty nine and zero. I think. Um, yeah. So I'm trying to just look quickly at. Uh, in three years at Iowa State, they finished second, fifth, and third. Okay. Okay. And uh, he has been the head coach since oh okay yeah here they list his coaching his coaching records here so at Iowa State he finished second his first year fifth uh, his second year and third his third year uh with they had, he had he had two national champions in those 3 years uh but 15 all americans and then at Penn State they uh it's just absurd. He has 90 All-Americans and 34 national champions. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> absolutely ridiculous. His team his team at Penn State from 2010 through 2022 is 219 26 and 2 with 90 All-Americans and 34 national champions. <laughs> I Do they give out like coach of the year and stuff like that? They do. It went to the Michigan coach. Um, who they had their best finish in like thirty years, um, so like he 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 was a deserving candidate. Um, no, yeah, and it's one of those things like we talk about it in the local speaking. Yes, like D- Dom's could win Coach of the Year every year, right? Like, right, because um, Wilson's always good, and like and the years I, that he should win for sure that he I doesn't believe ever it win. Maybe one of those that's voted on before the finals, like mm-hmm. it's you know. So, but com- and coming into it. Michigan, well, in Michigan was, you know, their primary competition for the team title. Um, But, man, it was just amazing to see those guys. Oh, this was fourth and one, by the way. That's awesome. It was amazing to see those guys just get it done. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it was incredible. And, unfortunately, we weren't watching it together as I had hoped. And after I saw your text last night of what happened, I was like, eh. Wish we would have been watching that together because I don't. I don't know that we've actually watched any of the wrestling championships together I don't, yet. I don't 
I don't know. Yeah, we when so it started out for Penn State. It started out with uh, Roman Bravo Young at one thirty three, um, and he was the defending champion. Um, a senior for Penn State, four-time All-American. I think four-time All-American, maybe three-time All-American. Uh, I can pull it up. Not sure. Um, but he, last year in the finals, the, his opponent, Dayton Fix, his only loss last year was to Roman Bravo Young in the finals. And then this year, he they were both undefeated coming in, the one and two seed, and he beat him again. So in the last two years, Dayton Fix, who is a silver medalist at the world championships, I think, or at a world competition, um, his only two losses in the last two years were to Roman Bravo Young in the, in the finals like that. That's, that's tough. That's, that's really tough. That is tough. Um, then you get a guy at 141, Nick Lee, who just Penn State's first ever five time all American, um, because of the COVID year. So, so is he done now? Cause I know done. wrestling is Nick, weird. Nick like Lee, they take years off and Nick, stuff like right. that. Nick Lee is done. Roman Bravo young could come back. And there was no, no indication that he was even considering it. And then in the post game thing, and this might just be the emotions, you know, but he like on this exit interview, like on the mat there, you know, or on the side of the mat, when they take him off, he's like, he said something like, "Yeah, wouldn't wouldn't three in a row, or how would three in a row sound, Penn State fans, or something like that?" And like, okay, all right. And <laughs> then he like sent a thing out on Twitter last night, like, "Should I come back?" Like, you know, just I think he's just messing with people, including me. Um, <laughs> but I replied, I replied, yes, yes. Um, <laughs> so uh, but, I'll go through this, then with. Sorry, okay. I don't want to cut okay. you off. No, that's fine. So, so go ahead. No, no, you finish. Okay, so then Nickley at one forty one was wrestling the 15 seed who would have been the highest seed. Um, and it was a guy who lost two in a row right away at the ACC championship uh, tournament. And, um, but comes in and takes Nick Lee down immediately, like within 15 seconds and almost puts him on his back. Right. So like he, Nick Lee gets out. It's two one though. He's down two one immediately. And, then Nick Lee went to work and really kind of took it to him. I can't confirm this story. Well, I can confirm part of it. The the kid that he's wrestling against is in law school at UNC and was like previously, they said was wrestling 40 matches a year while at American university. Right. So obviously a really bright kid. Um, and now this is the part that I can't confirm, but somebody online said that Nick Lee's dad is a lawyer and offered him a job like on the spot after after the uh, after the tournament last night. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, just like you know, and man, that wrestling world—they're crazy tight. Like there's some there's some crazy like rivalry moments, but they are super tight. Um, so Nick Lee just outstanding Penn State career. Chop wood, carry water, like unreal. Just you l- love everything about it. So sorry, I didn't. Yeah, what were you going to say? No, well, I was just going to run through you with what Penn State has back. So RBY uh, probably gone, but could come back. Right. Uh, he's at one thirty three. Nick Lee is done at one forty one. One seventy four. Carter Staraki. Is he? 
He's going to be a sophomore. He's only going to be a sophomore. Yeah. He's already oh, a two-time and, All-American. And he broke and, an, and, and, and two-time champion. national champion. And broke his hand in January and wrestled uh, since then with with a broken hand. All right, so I he's back surgery. for yeah. sure. Uh, Aaron Brooks, three-time All-American and, na- and a national champion. Uh, two-time, I thought. Three-time All-American, two-time national champion. Oh, okay, okay. Is he I, he's he done? No, no, he's he's only a junior. He'll be back. Yeah, <laughs> Max Dean. Um, Three transfer time student, All-American. but only junior eligibility, so he can come back. <laughs> I don't know that he will though. Like uh, Kirk Blitt, um, two-time All-American, sophomore. So Penn State has everyone back, but Nick Lee, possibly, possibly. And, and at one twenty-five, they had a transfer. Um, well, they always Drew have like- so he won't be back. And uh, Brady Berge, I think, was a senior who had only come back partway through the season. So they do have some, some I say some holes to fill. Um, oh, man, sorry. I didn't do the onside recovery. Yeah, sorry. I didn't realize you this was on. You can use time out if you want. Oh, too late. Uh, problem, problem solved. Um, so Penn State, of their big-time performers, their national champions or their All-Americans from this year, potentially all back but one. Right. Possibly. Right. Now, Dean and um, – RBY, we'd probably leaning no. But, but even if Dean doesn't come back, he took the spot of oh my god, he of, um, a guy whose last name is Beard, like I think it's Michael Beard or something, who was an All American last year. So he took the spot of an All American, like, and and um, at heavyweight, um, Kirkflet, who took third and lost. Well, he could took fourth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry, he took fourth. He would have he medical he forfeit. Third. Um, but this was crazy. So Kale said he wasn't sure he was going to be able to go at all. But when he saw he was going against the Michigan guy, and because of the team race, he went and wrestled that one, knowing that he wasn't going to wrestle for third if he won, or wrestle for fifth if he lost, um, because he was injured. But because of the team race, he's like, no, I'm going, and, and he went out there and won and won. Yeah. Um, and so. He won, and that essentially iced it because then after that, he Michigan had to pin out. They would have right? had to pin out, and Penn State would have had to go one and five over their remaining guys, which obviously didn't happen. Um, it's just amazing to me that the last two times Penn State's won the national title, the finals didn't matter. Right, that's absolutely absurd. And they ended up winning. Like they didn't even talk about team point scores because it was like over the whole night. They ended up winning by like thirty three percent. Well, they they they, they, they won by thirty one and points. a half. Right? The, yeah. Michigan had ninety something. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Just amazing. Um, see, I, the entire time I've been paying attention to Penn State wrestling, they were very good. Uh, they've only not won twice in one year. No one won because it was the COVID right. year. The other year they finished second because the year that they placed sixth and Ohio state won, I wasn't paying much attention yet. Right. I remember talking about the first four 2010 through or the 2011 through 2014 with you. Oh, I didn't realize that was a thing. Do you want to run a play? We can call timeout. I just hit knee. Oh no, I don't care. Okay. You can take a knee. Um, I, I, uh, I remember you talking about, you know, back to back and then three in a row and four in a row. And then 2015, they had a down year. Um, and then I feel like it was some point in the spring of 16, leading into the fall of 16, into the spring of 17, is where you were like, you got to give it a chance. You got to watch it. And 
it was never that I was against it. It's just no. I literally right. like, didn't know. Like, right. I, I it's remember, just one of those – it's really grown on me. It's I, really grown on me. And it's grown on me too. But and, I also like was remember asking you like how does the scoring work? Like, right. How right. does the individual right. match scoring work? Like right. the, the, the player versus player. And also how does it work as a team? And right. I'm still – team I still have trouble explaining to you. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure it all out because I know that the bonus points are important. But I don't ever remember right. which – like what result results in extra points. That, right. That's and like how much do they have to win by to become become this? Like what is it a de- decision but and a tech fall it's, and it's crazy to me just because it's so it's like I, it's like addicting. You watch it; it's such a rush. There's like seven minutes. It's just two guys out there, and they have to go, and someone's going to win in seven minutes. You know, like and if not, they're going to put a little bit more time on, and someone's going to win. Like it, it's really it's just intense. It, it's it's pretty. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it was it was a, a fun to watch, um, fun to follow along uh, the times when I couldn't be watching it live, and just another great showing by Kale Sanderson and his Penn State wrestling team, and they'll come back if not favored to win again next year. I mean, in the conversation, top three. Yeah, absolutely. So, absolutely. so. and and they always have great recruiting classes too. <laughs> they always right, are getting know. well, you know, one of the the nation's number one, two, or three guy in, in a variety of weight classes and. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. We don't have to worry about any kind of Olympic break happening in right, these next right. few years because the winter or the summer Olympics are not happening again until um, 2024. So I don't know that actually would bump a few guys into 2025, Justin, when we would hopefully be going to watch. So oh, there'd man. be, you know, guys that are coming in now could be getting right. towards the end of their eligibility, but they could take a year off because of the Olympics. Like it'll be interesting to see what happens over the next few years. But yeah, Penn State wrestling. Gotta yeah, love keep, it. Gotta it love up. it. So, um, but I think that's it for us here this evening. Uh, we thank you for tuning in um, live or after the fact as the podcast, watching it on YouTube or subscribing via Apple, Google, SoundCloud, whatever. We appreciate it. Hopefully, you enjoyed all the sports talk. We covered a lot of topics tonight, and Justin and I won both of our games in NCAA football fourteen. Yes, sir. Uh, wasn't wasn't a great performance uh, from myself on offense th- these two just games? Save but, Dynasty, then. Uh, yeah, just give it a save, and um, we'll be back again next week, March twenty seventh, for games seven and eight, and we're moving right along. We're halfway through year three in the Dynasty campaign, and uh, look forward to being back in one week's time uh, for. Justin, uh, I'm Joe Mays. Before we go, we'll wish a happy birthday to our bud, Greg Hill. Yeah. yeah. And uh, my cousin, Todd, my uh, cousin's kid, Jameson. Um, my uncle, Dennis, celebrated a few weeks ago. My Aunt Joyce is celebrating soon. There's a whole bunch of March birthdays. Oh, and my brother-in-law, Jason, in a couple weeks. We'll mention them again next week because a few of those are at the last week of March. But um, happy birthday all around to so many people of our friends and family. And uh, we appreciate the support. And thanks for listening. We'll see you again in one week. That's a wrap on this episode of the Joe Mays and J-Rap Show, brought to you by Mays Sandwich Shop. You can watch each weekly episode live on Facebook, Periscope, or YouTube. Be sure to like, follow, or subscribe to the show on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. You can also rate and review us on many of these platforms as well. We'd love to hear from you. Send your email to the Mays Sandwich Shop inbox at joemaysandjraff at gmail.com. The Joe Mays and J-Raff Show is a part of the JMNJR Radio Network, home to other productions such as the Bulldog Hour, 
Tangents with friends and Nat Chats with dad. Until next time.